Welcome to the Money Insights Podcast, where high-income earners come to learn wealth-building strategies that will take them from high income to high net worth. With your hosts, financial and wealth-building experts, Christian Allen and Rod Zabriskie. Welcome into today's episode of the Money Insights Podcast, where we talk all things money and business. My name's Christian Allen, and I am with my co-host, Rodney the Pods of Brisky. Rod, what's up, man? Hey, I'm doing great. And you know what time of year it is. What time of year is it? Kids are going back to school. Okay, so this is, I'm glad you brought this up, actually. I have now got a kid going into high school. Started oh, wow. today, today, high school. Oh, big smokes. moment. I know, I'm feeling old, old. Um, and then my, <laughs> my son, who's 10, he yeah. uh, started school. Okay, so he's dyslexic, and so he has done like private tutoring, and he wasn't going to school before. Now he just started like a virtual pro. It's like a combo program that's both virtual and in person. Yeah. Uh, so he started yesterday, and it's called Ignite Entrepreneurship Academy, which I just thought was so cool because like I'm all Sounds about cool. entrepreneurship, yeah. right? Absolutely. And the school is as cool as it sounds, and he had a blast of a first day. I was really nervous because nice. he hadn't been to school since like kindergarten. Now he's in what fifth grade. Anyway, That's so awesome. glad that you brought that up, Rod. Uh, we had two big new like school going to moments. Mm -hmm. How was your first day of school for your kids? It's I say that today, so it's just getting you started. Okay, yeah. so does that mean what does that mean for you? Because most of your kids do homeschooling. Yeah, we do. So it's it really just means getting back to more structure. Uh, you know how okay. summer is. So it's you just give all them, over the place. So yeah. So you give them like a summer. So it's not like all year round it's structured. You kind of do it like a school system. Yeah. Except we on a home. The, okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I like it. Okay, Rod. So today, uh, I have something really important I want to talk about before we introduce our guest, who is like super cool guest. Uh, but before we do that, this is. A difficult moment. We have had only five-star reviews for the podcast. Mm -hmm. Exclusively five-star reviews for the podcast, Rod, which I've been very proud of um, up yep. until this past week. And not only did we get one one-star review, we got two. Yeah. Two. You like, know what that means? Well, so means Hillary, we derived. Okay, so that's, that's what I was going to say. Hillary, who is on the podcast today, she's our marketing... Uh, person we're going to talk all about her she's done an amazing job building her agency but mm -hmm. uh she was kind enough to make us feel better by saying like you know you you haven't arrived until you've got some haters so like on one hand i'm like oh, okay that makes me feel a little bit better we got a few couple yeah. haters yeah. it was probably rod it was probably the the debunking myths somebody must really like dave do you think that's what it is and when we debunked the myths, they were I, like, I know, this is well, too I, far. I know there are a lot of people that are little Dave. So, yeah. So there's at least a... That's so like, maybe that, just that's having... as well. Yeah, that could be it. Okay. Well, anyway, so here's here's what I'm asking. Um, please help us get back up to five. So we're now at a 4.9 instead of a five, which is just devastating, right? Mm. So we need to get back up to five. Um, and I don't know what that's going to take. So what I'm asking is... Go give us a five-star review. And I'm talking about um, on Apple Podcasts. We love five-star reviews anywhere we can get them, but that's usually where I look and track and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, Rod, but that's not really why people are listening. So let's get into the good stuff and introduce our guest for today, who is Hillary Russell, the owner of TRC, which is the, the Russell Collective Agency. And she's just like incredible as a marketer. She's got an incredible personality. She's infectious to talk to. She's like, whenever we, whenever we have conversations with Hillary, Rod, I always leave feeling like uplifted. So that's one of the things I really like about her. There's a bunch of them, but tell us a little bit about yeah. Hillary and her background before we jump into the interview. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and the cool thing is that totally came through in the interview, just that bubbly personality, positivity. So everyone gets, you look forward to, to getting it. But before we get there, I'm going to tell people a little bit about uh, who she is. So as you mentioned, she's the CEO of the TRC agency, uh, which is dig digital marketing and consulting firm uh, based out of Salt Lake City. And she's been in the marketing for about 10 years uh, in, in a few different uh, formats. But what she also does is she helps teach people around the world about entrepreneurship and, and business. And so she really brings kind of a broad perspective to the whole topic that we're going to talk about today of digital marketing and marketing automation. And, and so we'll get into some really cool topics, but um, she has a broad base for being relatively young. She's young and brilliant, right? Like, uh, not only is she bright and positive, but her the value that she brings to us on a day to day basis, and the and the value that she brings in the interview is mm -hmm. really easy to see. So, without further ado, Rod, we are very excited to have with us Hillary Russell, President and CEO of TRC Agency. Okay, today we are super excited to have with us Hillary Russell, founder and CEO of TRC Agency and the host of the Marketing Mastermind. Um, Hillary's super cool. We have a special connection with her, as we mentioned, because she also does all of our marketing. So uh, we have a pretty unique bias, but she's just dang good. And so for that reason, we're super excited to have her with us today. Hillary, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here and I'm excited for this conversation. So we're going to change it up um, and change it up, especially for you, since since Hillary actually like her team does the editing of our podcast and everything. Um, I didn't want her to just know what was coming. So we're going to mix it up a little bit today, Hillary. And instead of just asking you to give us like uh, a little bit of your background, we're going to be like more deliberate and specific. OK, Perfect. so today I have a couple of questions. <clears throat> First question, Hillary, can you tell us about a time that you like really went for it and just bombed? Ooh, that's a okay. good question. So that's the first one. Um, and you can be thinking about that for a second. And then I'll ask the second one. So that, that way you have a little bit of processing time. The second question is, can you share three things that you've accomplished that you're just like genuinely very proud of? Okay. So we're kind of going both sides of the equation yeah. on this. <laughs> I like it. Okay. Yeah, this is a really good question. So we had a time when just absolutely bombed. I mean, I'm a strong believer that our greatest learning experiences come from failures. So, <laughs> See, so this is a great question, then. right? Yeah. So I've, for, for lack of better terms, I guess I've, I've learned a lot in my career. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, that being said, I guess a little bit of background I've spent uh, the past 10 years in digital marketing in um, enterprise B2B and B2C sales and really every single aspect that you could possibly think of that comes into the positions for marketing or sales in the corporate world. 
And I have had a lot of opportunities to fail, which has been great. Well, so, so that's I one say, of the beauties of failing. Like they're just yeah. like failures are all over the place if we're looking for that. Wait, that sounds mm -hmm. a little backwards to me. Um, but that's the truth, right? Like it the is. reality is, is we can learn so much more from that. And they're just all over us. Mm hmm. If we're yeah. willing to learn. <clears throat> Absolutely. So I guess the first one that comes to mind that I'm thinking of, I had, uh, this was when I first started. Um, so I guess a little bit of clarity. I Before I started TRC Agency, I was working more as a consultant, as a marketing consultant um, for a couple of different companies. And one of which a friend and I were working with the company and um, they came in, they were just barely starting out. They, uh, the company had not really established any type of brand yet for their company, right? They haven't, mm -hmm. hadn't established much of anything, to be honest. Uh, the product was still pre-launch and, um, we jumped in and started, you know, trying to help them generate their, their bottom line was they needed revenue. They needed revenue mm -hmm. coming in and we're like, okay, let's jump in. Let's start running some ads. Let's start running some different pieces here. And, that was probably one of the honestly biggest waste of money, <laughs> right? For like them it wasn't because, ready yet. Was that the yeah, issue? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it, you know, from um, my perspective, I was super eager, super excited to try and start running something that would be helpful for them. But at the end of the day, the product just wasn't there yet mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and so even the the types of um you know impressions or leads that we were generating from that didn't convert to anything because there wasn't really a whole lot to convert it to <laughs> right <laughs> um so it was kind of a a mess from the start if you will um those happen to like all of us right and yeah, it's a lesson exactly. learned Yep, exactly. But it, it really taught me, though, to be more uh, particular in choosing those clients that we do work with and mm. um, making sure that the business is established and that they have certain pieces in place before we start running certain <laughs> initiatives. <laughs> okay, I like it. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay, Hillary, we're going to jump into question two. Okay. And if you can, um, this is like, I know it's always hard to to brag, but like what better time than as a special guest on a <laughs> podcast to brag about yourself. And so this is, that's what we want you to do. And it can be in business life. It doesn't really matter, but this is more of like a get to know you question. Okay. So what, just some things that you're really proud of a few things, three in specific that you're just proud of throughout your life. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that question. Um, I think, First and foremost is my little boy. I've got a two-year-old, two-and-a-half-year-old little boy. Um, absolute pride and joy. <laughs> We're super Amazing. proud of him. Yeah, yes, kids are the best. Cool. But um, personally, I would say, and I guess this kind of segues into that, um, I'd say not settling for the mediocre, well, I shouldn't say mediocre, but the society's version of the American dream, right? Yeah. Um, not settling for that and choosing. In fact, when my little boy was just two, three months old, choosing to start my own business so that mm. I could, you know, be there um, for his childhood, but more importantly, create a more sustainable financial, uh, you know, financial lifestyle and freedom for us. So you so, had been doing like high level consulting for companies and probably yeah. were on the road a lot and you know, being mm -hmm. asked to work a ton of, not that you're, not that you guys don't work extremely hard now, but it's more on your terms. So right. it, what you're saying is 
I was able to move from like, you know, the initial, what people originally think is the American dream to what like really is the American dream. And now obviously yeah. there's some work and an effort that, that it takes to get there, but that's mm -hmm. really cool. Okay. So we have two things, Hillary. Yeah. You have to want, you have to brag a little bit more. First one <laughs> is your little boy. What was his name? His name is Parks. Parks. Okay. Very mm -hmm. cool name. So we've got yeah. Parks. We've got TRC, the agency, right. which has been a super successful, I know it's a seven figure business and it's only been uh, around for two, just yeah, over two years. Over two years. So really incredible. And then one other thing that you've got to brag about before we move on yeah. to like all the business stuff. So uh, my absolute passion is in helping other entrepreneurs to find their version of success. Mm -hmm. And I think that's different for all of us. Um, but man, I'm so passionate about helping others step out of settling for mediocrity, right? Um, and alongside with that, uh, a couple years back, I had the opportunity uh, with a friend of mine who started a company called Entre Institute to create a program that taught entrepreneurs how to build their own marketing agencies and create revenue and income for themselves that was more sustainable. Um, I'm super proud of that. Um, along with that, we've had close to 200,000 students go through Entre Institute itself. And I've, um, I've been able to use another part that I'm super passionate about. I'm um, certified as an NLP practitioner, which stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. And basically, yeah, I've always been super intrigued by psychology and why people do the things that they do. Um, but taking that more into, you know, the coaching, the course that I was able to create and also too into the marketing strategies that I, you know, put in place both for the students that I work with and the clients that I'm able to help on a regular basis. So I'd say that that really encompasses my personal passions and the fulfillment That's awesome. that, you know, that I get to do on a daily basis. It's amazing. Yep. And I have checked that stuff out. This is so funny. Um, Hillary's not a bragger, by the way, like we've worked <laughs> together. I did not know like two weeks ago about her podcast, which is embarrassing on my side. And I also didn't know that she um, was a, was like part of this Entre Institute. Um, so I've looked into it over the last couple of weeks and it is really super cool, um, Hillary. So thank you thank for sharing you. that. Okay. I think you snuck in a fourth one, though, that NLP thing. That was Oh, that was that's true. Like, yeah. I see how you did that. <laughs> that's funny. Okay, Rod, before I, before I turn over a couple questions to you, I have one more, Hillary. Um, and this is from, my, from doing some of my back-end research. But the question is, wait, you're the oldest of how many kids? <laughs> okay, this is funny. I've, so I am the oldest of... Um, my, my parents were divorced when I was two. I'm the oldest of technically 16. Uh, my mom and stepdad <laughs> had 13. So yes, I'm the oldest of a lot of kids. And it's funny, I, I do a lot of, you know, uh, different speaking events and keynotes. And I always joke that I was literally raised to be an entrepreneur. I, at a young age, I would make little time cards for my siblings and pay them in Halloween candy to do my chores. Mm, so, utilizing resources. <laughs> See, we could see that Brilliant. in here. That just yeah. makes sense. Uh, so I had to, I had to bring it up because I always give Rod a hard time. He has seven kids, um, and and I don't know if a hard time's the right way. Like I grew up in a kid in a family of seven kids, and I have five between kind of three three step kids and two of my own. Mm -hmm. um, but I love kids, and anyway, when I heard that, I was like, whoa, that is a lot of kids. Even 
even for us, it's a lot of kids. Right? <laughs> so anyway, very cool. Um, okay. Well, thank you for being willing to kind of share some of the your background and history in like a little bit of a unique way. We appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, Rod, why don't you kind of kick us off? Yeah. So, okay. Now getting into kind of the business side. So you mentioned that you work a lot with entrepreneurs. And mm -hmm. so our, our first question is, what's the number one marketing mistake that you see businesses make? Oh, good question. I would say that the number one marketing mistake that we see more developed businesses making is not knowing all of the different marketing initiatives that you have running. Mm -hmm. There are so many opportunities when you look at the overall marketing strategy for your company. You've got organic strategies that you're doing outreach, communication with your current clients, with new clients that are coming into the pipeline or into the funnel. And then of course, you know, paid strategies and things of that nature. And there are so many opportunities to connect those different pieces, right? Mm. Um, to cross promote, to make sure that, as we call it in the industry, squeezing as much juice as possible out of each different initiative. And I would say that's probably one of the number one things that we see is businesses that maybe have nailed down their sales process or they've nailed down you know, one really strong piece of the business, but they're not really aware of the different um, marketing or outreach pieces that they're either running or that are an option for them, right? Interesting. So would you say like that's missed opportunity? Like it's mm -hmm. there, they could take oh, advantage yeah. of it, but they're missing it. So what are what would you say the long-term implications of that? Um, missed revenue, missed revenue. Okay. I would say the implications are missed revenue and missed um, opportunity. The I'll give you an example. One of the most common that we see is businesses that have been around for you know maybe years at a time that have a database that is simply collecting dust mm. right that's sitting uh, there in their crm or it's sitting there in a spreadsheet somewhere and i mean i can't tell you how many conversations we've had just in passing with business owners that say oh yeah you guys are you know running these ads for us and by the way would it be helpful if we share our six thousand contacts in our uh, that we've got on this spreadsheet over here. Like, yeah, it would. <laughs> right. So um, just, you know, that's one example, but just having a full idea of everything that's happening. And um, I, you guys know, I'm a very visual person. Personally, I like to have either a, a mind map that kind of shows the different pieces or at the very least, pull up a Google doc and have them outlined so that you know the different initiatives that you're running on a regular basis. Yeah. And create links, mm -hmm. build off of each exactly. other. Okay. 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 The question then is what, how do we fix it? Hillary, how do we yes, fix that issue? Yeah. yeah. What's the starting point to like, make sure that we don't end up in that situation. Sure. I think, so I'm going to take that back a step further. Um, right. because I think that one of the first things that you need to look at, especially when you're creating a marketing strategy. And I mean, I'll say too, the word marketing strategy or creating an overall strategy for your company can sometimes feel intimidating just simply because in most cases, you don't know what you don't know and you don't know where to start. Um, so to give kind of an overview of what that strategy typically should look like is you want to consider who your ideal client is, who your ideal target client is, and look on both sides of that client journey, meaning what does their journey or their experience look like?
before they even hear about you, before they even know who you're, you are, what your company does, anything like that. How do they hear about you? How do they come in and become nurtured and convert into a client? What does that journey look like? After you have that mapped out and the different pieces or the touch points that are needed for that conversion, then you can look at the journey on the, you know, on the flip side. What does their journey as a client of yours look like? What does their experience look like? Um, what types of pieces can you add in to really optimize and you know make them feel secure and happy as your client, right? Mm. Um, and then once you have those different pieces outlined, it becomes much, much easier to say, okay, you know, at this stage in their journey, these are the different touch points that we need, or these are the different, um, you know, ads or outreach initiatives that we need to put in place. And hey, by the way, you know, you can see that clearly outlined. Um, here's a way that we could connect that to, I mean, I'll just use you guys as an example, perfect example on this, um, the podcast phenomenal way that you're building credibility in the space and really providing value both to your current clients and to those who have not yet heard about Money Insights, right? So mm -hmm. that's a way that you're really connecting those two different sides of the client journey, but providing value, mm -hmm. value in both instances, mm. right? I love it. Okay. So you said, I love how you said that. It was simply look at both sides of the client experience. All right. Mm -hmm. And if we do, and I, my experience is that working with you, that's exactly what you do. So that's incredible um, insight. Okay. Hillary, I have a tough question for you. Perfect. I like to ask the tough questions. Um, I let Rod throw the softballs and then I'll give you the tough ones. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can you tell us something that every business really should be doing, but they probably aren't? Ooh, yeah. Okay. So this one is interesting because I think that in the last couple of years, especially since, you know, 2020, the pandemic, we saw a huge shift in our digital world. Mm, yeah. um, and it was it was really interesting because, I mean, you know, I've been in the marketing space and in this industry for 10 plus years. And so I've seen different trends that we've had and different things that have happened. But in 2020, every single company had to pivot. They had to figure out ways to serve their clients in a more effective way online and still keep that human connection, right? Um, so I would say that one of the pieces that really came from that, uh, that we did see a pretty significant shift in a lot of different brands, was that companies started realizing that that human connection piece is more important then preaching about your benefits and features. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, and and that has been so significant. I mean, since 2020, um, the, just to give like a couple, I'm a numbers nerd. So a couple of stats that kind of show that um, podcast audio type of content is consumed. That industry itself has grown by two thirds right? Um, yeah, crazy. The amount of video content that we're consuming on platforms like TikTok, video, uh, YouTube, like YouTube shorts, um, YouTube channels have grown significantly simply because our society has shifted into um, more of a comfortability around leaning on technology versus that in-person type interaction, right? And that, I mean, 
it was a long time coming, but the pandemic really skyrocketed that shift, right? Mm -hmm. So I'd say that one thing that a lot of companies should be doing that if you haven't started doing this yet, you're kind of, I mean, it's not too late to jump on the bandwagon, but you need to be doing it is integrating more human connection type mm. uh, content into your brand because people will want to work with you based on the way that you make them feel. At the end of the day, they mm. don't really care about the features and the benefits. They care more about the way that you make them feel. So lean on the values of your company, lean on the values that you have as an individual business owner and share those. And that will actually be what attracts those right types of clients to your company. Yeah, I like stuff. that. So let's say someone's listening to this and they hear kind of what you're saying. Mm -hmm. um, but they really are, they're behind in, in their sure. digital marketing and, and getting this going. So what's, what's the best starting point for somebody to, to do get going? Yeah. Um, okay. So I best starting point for going, that's kind of potentially a loaded question, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there are a, a thousand directions you could go with it, but, sure. but it, it feels overwhelming, right? Like, like someone yeah. needs to pick a starting point. What would be a reasonable mm -hmm. place to begin? Sure. So I will, let's say in this scenario, um, let's make the assumption that the business owner has a, biz a solid business plan in place. They mm -hmm. know who their target audience is and they know what their product or their service is, right? Let's, okay. Let's so those are clear. Hillary is giving us like a double answer on this. She just answered before she's even going to answer. She's like, okay, Let's just assume they have like the key elements of a start, which are these three things. Business plan. Business good, plan. Okay. Good so that's actually service. the answer to the question. But now <laughs> we're going to get into that. So I, this is perfect, Hillary. I love it. I'm like on, I'm like on the edge of my seat waiting. Good. Okay, cool. So let's say that you have those things in place. And also to, you know, making the assumption that you've got your website, you have your brand, you have your logo, you've got the legalities in place, your LLC, whatever it is, right? All of those things are in just place. just gave you the checklist. Yes. Yep. There you yes. go. Just boom, boom, boom. <laughs> um, after that piece, and this is, I share this with my students all the time through Entre Institute as well. You almost need to get obsessive around your mission, mm. right? Um and if you, if you haven't that. clarified, yeah, if you haven't clarified quite yet what your mission is, both personally and through your business, take some time. I mean, take an hour or two. It's not too long of an exercise. And just simply journal it out, right? Write out the things that are important to you. And one of the best ways to do this is think back to when you were a child, what was important to you? What did you love doing? In most cases, that, you know, relates to our adulthood as well and to what we view as our, our uh, values and our um, you know mission points that we want to focus on. So really hone in on that and get clear on what your mission is and the mission of your business, the mission of um, why you're doing what you're doing. Once you have that clear, the next step is beginning to create a brand or be beginning to create credibility around that. Okay, so join Facebook groups. Get on Instagram, start searching those hashtags that fit with those keywords in your mission. Start looking up other experts, gurus, influencers, right? Just surround yourself mm. on social media and the technology that you have access to. Um, surround yourself with a community that aligns with those same principles. And the next step of that is to begin promoting yourself and your brand. 
right? And yep. um, you don't have to necessarily start posting, you know, selfie type reels of yourself <laughs> dancing or talking or whatever. In fact, I'm super against doing that. I'm an <laughs> introvert. So I, <laughs> right. Are you um, saying we won't find any like dancing Hillary Russell videos online? Probably we... not. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm not going to bother. <laughs> Ooh, she said probably then. not. So that she left <laughs> a little there's a crack. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, that is probably a good yeah. idea. You're right though. You don't have to do some of those things that people yeah. generally think are like, embarrassing to sure. start to build a community, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, and even if you're building it around your brand itself, right, that's okay. You know, maybe I, I don't want to say hiding behind the brand, but posting as your company versus yourself, that's okay. Yeah. The point of it is to begin posting and building this credibility because what you're doing is creating an online presence, an online platform for yourself so that over time, when people are searching for these ideas, they're searching for resources, they're searching for, um, you know, how to find solutions in this area that you can solve, you will be the answer that pulls up. And there's lots of different tools out there that can help answer, you know, different questions and give you ideas of what to post about or ideas of, you know, things to start building. Um, a couple of those, there's one called answerthepublic.com. You type in a question and it gives you a full graph of every question that a oh, consumer might funny. have around that. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so there's really cool tools like that. Um, another one that I love is called VidIQ. It's more specific for YouTube and videos like that. You can pull it up, put in a topic, and it will give you ideas of content to post. So tools okay. like this start building that content because again as we you know talked about prior our world has shifted to using social media almost as search engines right consumers yeah. are looking on social media for the answers that you can give them mm. that's good stuff lots of good stuff okay we're going to switch gears just a little bit hillary and we're going to move to building a team so my experience building a marketing team specifically is that it's really painful yeah, uh, it's really difficult. And as a business owner, uh, Rod and I have tried a few different things, right? In the past, we've, we've tried hiring someone and just trying to like, build a team in house. And like, it just is a really, really difficult thing to do. So that said, how do you do it? Like, how do you know if you're like, working with a good marketing agency? Where should you start if you're wanting to build a marketing? Now, I should clarify. I know that um, you've been on both sides of this and you have an agency. And obviously I think your agency is amazing. This is how we do our business. Um, but let's just say starting, like maybe you don't have the resources to just completely hire out. Mm -hmm. um, and then maybe, maybe talk about like, if you do have those resources, what are the pros and cons of using an agency versus just trying to build in house on your own? Sure. Yeah. This is a really good question. Um, so I have, you know, worked on both sides. Like you said, you know, I've been involved with companies as a member of their marketing team. I've also been involved with, um, in fact, the four years or so prior to starting my agency, I worked as a consultant, consulting other marketing agencies. <laughs> so, you know, helping them to grow and expand mm -hmm. their businesses. And it's such an interesting thing because nine times out of 10, when we have a company that comes in or, you know, a client, regardless of the industry that they're in, the first thought is that the most frugal way to start building your marketing is to hire a marketing person in-house that can do it full time. And it's such a 
an interesting it's not true, thought process. Yeah, it's it's not true. <laughs> um, it's the most expensive way to to start out doing it. Yeah, for sure. The most expensive way to learn hard lessons. Like <laughs> yes, that too. I can vouch right? for that. Yeah, because yeah. in most cases, um, and I'm not saying that you can't find someone that is like a jack of all trades, but in most cases, you're not going to find one single person that you can hire full time for your marketing that can do. SEO and website design, copying, graphic design, social media management, you know, the list goes on, right? Yes. Um, you're going to find someone that's either a really good manager or a really good people person, or they're really good at reports or they're really good at one thing, right? Yep. And that's how it should be because we should focus in our zone of genius. Um, but that being said, on the flip side of your question, um, working with an agency gives you the ability to leverage all of those different expertises or those different areas of expertise while still only paying a fraction of what you'd pay for a full-time employee, right? Yep. Um, and so that's hands down the benefit. When it comes to finding an agency that will actually help you and align with the, the goals and the mission that you want to achieve... Um, I would say that the most important thing there, I, I always come back to alignment with your core values and alignment with the clarity on the goals that you want to achieve, right? Um, you'll know, I mean, we know this in like the dating world or when mm -hmm. you meet someone, right? Within the first impression, within the first meeting, you typically know how that relationship is going to go, right? You, you typically know what that uh, connection is going to look like. Um, when it comes to working with an agency or meeting with an agency, I'd say the things to watch for in your first meeting or in your first interactions with them is their ability to regurgitate your goals, your milestones, mm -hmm. your mission, your values, right? What is their, what is their comprehension of that look like? Are they aligned That's or good. are you doing a lot of clarity and, you know, trying to make sure that they're on the same page with you in most cases, um, if they are aligned and if they're able to kind of come back and repeat that to you, then, you know, that's pretty safe to say, okay, great. They know the idea, they know the direction we're heading and they can help us start putting in these, you know, marketing pieces to work towards that. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. Okay. We're, let's, uh, let's actually switch gears a little bit here because as maybe a subset of, of your expertise and kind of your team's expertise, you also do a lot of automation, marketing automation. Uh, so let's let's talk. I about love it. marketing automation, by the way. <laughs> like love marketing. Okay, so I only kind of knew what it was before, you know, six months ago. Um, but I just love it now. Right, I'm a big fan. So anyway, I'm excited to hear you talk about it. Yeah. Well, okay. So to begin with, before we get into the benefits and other things like that, tell us what it is. What is marketing sure. automation? Yeah, marketing automation is kind of an umbrella term that has formed over the last few years that really relates to anything that happens within your business that is automated, right? Um, so that can be, and I'll, I mean, we'll, we'll dive into a couple more examples, but um, some of the most common versions of that are like email automations. One that's really common is like email sequences, right? That's automated. That's something that you can build one time and then it serves that purpose multiple times over and over again, right? Um, so that's really, I guess that's kind of a synopsis of, of marketing automation. We do get kind of nerdy about it, but 
<laughs> right? And we're glad. Um, an amazing concept <laughs> yeah. because yeah. it now allows you to like do way more with less effort, right? So mm -hmm. it's an efficiency machine. Like that's what it is. Automation is about efficiency. And so I'm an efficiency and, person, so I love it. Yeah, right? I was going to say that. One of the things that, that I can say about Christian <laughs> is that from the beginning, for but obviously, clearly before I met him, uh, he was all about processes and systems because if you want to be excellent all the time, you have to build a process around the things that you're doing and have systems mm -hmm. in place to, to do those things. So if, if you can have that and have it automated, man, that's like... That is so good. Right? It, feels, yeah. <laughs> it like warms my heart when I think about it. Um, Hillary, okay, so tell us like... What are the, from your perspective and like businesses that you've talked to and seen, what are the primary benefits that someone could get from just moving more in that direction? I know we're kind of mm -hmm. generally talking about those, mm -hmm. but maybe just talk about your experience specifically in the marketing automation piece and the value that people mm -hmm. get from, you know, looking at that seriously and starting to implement things that will build that way. Sure. Yeah. So I'll use the example that um, we talked about you know, prior with looking at almost a mind map of the client experiences that you have before the product sell and then after they become a client, right? When it comes to marketing automation, when we're looking at those different marketing initiatives that you're running, whether that's different touch points with those clients, or, you know, maybe it is sending them something really cool, or it's making sure that they have certain pieces of information, or maybe it's, the you know, systems internally that your team needs to be mindful of or that they need to be doing on a regular basis. Um, there are so many opportunities to automate those different components. And truthfully, you're not going to be able to really effectively start automating all of these different pieces until you have an idea of all of the pieces you need mm. to bring together, right? So it is coming back to that. It's really important to have that kind of mapped out. But benefit-wise, I... I'll just share, you know, lots and lots of companies. So we're located here in the Lehigh Salt Lake City area, close to Silicon Slopes, right, where there's lots of new startup companies, software companies, and lots of sales floors, lots of sales teams. Yep. And that's one of the biggest pieces that I see a potential for marketing automation that is just not being utilized, right? As a salesperson, whether you're doing B2C or B2B, you're typically doing a lot of follow-up, a lot of touch points, a lot of personal interaction, you know, all of these different pieces. And it's really easy when you allow your salespeople to just do that manually. It's really mm -hmm. easy to have different pieces fall through the cracks. So marketing automation or essentially making sure that that, you know, that follow-up process or that sales process has specific milestones, specific touch points, and different pieces of that that are either automated communication out to the client that still look human, right? Still look like they jumped in and typed it themselves, or that are automating the um, manual admin type tasks for the salesperson within the CRM, right? I know that I, within my network, I've, you know, got a lot of different friends, colleagues that have worked in the enterprise sales space. And it's almost a joke that no enterprise salesperson updates their CRM. Like it's just, it's such <laughs> a, 
right? It's it's something that you always have to fight to get your sales reps to update their CRM. Yes. Well, why don't you just automate it? Right. Yeah, automate that sounds that. way better. Right. Way better. <laughs> it is way better. We're doing some of those things is just so much. Well, here's the thing. You also lose the level of efficacy, right? Mm -hmm. So while you're also like, it's time and efficiency, it's also just like, the reps or your sales for your company now become less effective. You're not as good at it because one person only has so much reach. They can only do so much follow-up. They can only spend so much time doing it in a quality way. And mm -hmm. now obviously if you automate that suddenly you have the ability to do all of those things or many of those things without taking the, that person's time. It's just exactly. makes such a, such a big difference. And uh, we really believe in that at the money insights team is all about uh, automation. Yeah. And to clarify one piece that you just talked about, Christian, it, it makes them more efficient, but it also, it takes some of those, uh, the roller coaster cycles out of it too, because if it's the individual doing it, like in the sales case, they can only be meeting with people or they can be following up and sending the, the new things and whatever. Whereas in this case, if they, if the automated things are happening while they're meeting with people and then it just it can level that out, kind of raise the whole thing at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's one of the biggest advantages that that we find Rod is you know, as a business owner myself, I want my salespeople to be doing the activities on a daily basis that actually drive sales or that actually mm -hmm. promote the client relationships. Right? Yeah. I don't want them to be spending all of their time updating the stage of an opportunity or updating the notes of, you know, XYZ. I'd like them to be focused on they bring value to as uh, as a human, you know, team member of our yeah. of our company. Yeah, that's really good. We need you to share with us a an example of somebody that you've worked with and this could be pre or post TRC. Okay. But an example of a company that you've worked with that okay, I need to back up now. This is horrible question asking, um, <laughs> but I, you don't necessarily have to name any companies in specific, but an example of a company that you've been able to maybe help drastically increase revenues. And it doesn't matter like what way, but just some, something that you guys have done that you've been able to do that have made a big difference in a, from a, for a business. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel very, very privileged and blessed that I've had the opportunity to work with so many different companies, uh, different industries, different sizes of businesses. Um, one of, I, I guess I'll share this story. One of the very first interactions I had to even marketing as a whole was when I first was introduced to digital marketing. Um, and it kind of happened on accident, to be honest, when I was fresh out of college as a young 20 year old, um, I was hired with a company that uh, was a software company. And up until that point, they had worked solely B2C. And the month they hired me, they acquired two B2B companies that were strictly e-commerce, meaning that they did the majority of their sales online. And it... I, I don't know what brought the VPs to do this, but they brought me into the office and they said, hey, we have no idea how to you know, run these different cells and run these different partnership conversations through marketing. You don't either. Do you want to take a stab at it? <laughs> I was like, sure. <laughs> um, and so I literally spent 
the next two months meeting with any person that was local and expert in the marketing, digital marketing space, met with any person that would meet with me for coffee or lunch or even a quick phone call and asked them my list of questions. And I implemented, you know, as much as I possibly could. And it paid off that year. Those two B2B, uh, B2B companies generated over 14 million in profit. Mm, that's and amazing. Wow. It, yeah, I, I feel super, super blessed. It was absolutely fate that, you know, it ignited that fire inside of me that just I, I grew to really love digital marketing, right? <laughs> um, and but, Hillary, you're amazing at it. I can vouch oh, for you. it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, but it's I, I guess, you know, that's one of the, the stories that um, I always come back to because it really was just baptism by fire, but mm -hmm. it has been the catalyst that has absolutely launched my career and, and just ignited that passion. Of and that gives marketing. personal confidence too, yeah, right? Like exactly. you can do something of significance, even for companies that have already been like been around and built, been built for a long time. Yeah. It's really cool. That's a, that's a super cool win. Um, okay. Before we let you go, Hillary, maybe one more question. Sure. Um, and you kind of gave this here, but maybe if you can think of another one. Okay. So can you give us an example of a specific strategy that you use to help a business move from point A to point B? And again, just kind of pretty open-ended, but just kind of give us an mm -hmm. idea of something. Well, yeah, just something, a win that you've done. And it was based on doing XYZ specific marketing strategy. Sure. Okay. Yeah, there's there's a lot of different ways that we could run this. <laughs> yeah, and it's I kind of a, it's kind of a vague question as I'm think it sounded really great when I was writing it down. Um, it just doesn't sound as great now, so I'm trying to think if I can like <laughs> back up and try to come up with a better way to ask the question. Um, okay, let's see if we can back up. Let's think about let's let's like to isolate it a little bit. Now we're post TRC. Okay, so TRC is up and running, and you could use us an as an example, um, but just something you've implemented that has had an impact on a business. And I can tell you from our experience that the things that we've implemented have started to build a community that we just didn't have before, an engagement that we didn't have before, and it's making a big difference for us. So that's an example. Now you can't use that example. Here. <laughs> um, but if you can think of any other examples, that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say that one of the probably simplest ways that um, you can start generating more uh, with your business, right? More opportunities or even more revenue within your business um, is to leverage your current clients, mm. right? And I mean that in the best way because the, the clients that you're currently working with, they already know about you they already feel loyal to you in some sense, and they already know what it looks like to work with you, right? Um, and I would say that in most, or maybe not most, but in a lot of instances, businesses tend to kind of forget that there's an opportunity to resell or to even upsell their current clients. And I'll tell you just from a marketing standpoint, the cost per acquisition for reselling a new and existing client is zero in comparison to the cost per acquisition for finding a brand new lead that's never heard of you before, right? Mm, yeah. So in terms of how to leverage that or how to take advantage of that, 
It's really quite simple. One of the easiest ways to do that is just by sending out either a monthly or a weekly email, right? It doesn't have to be something super complex. In most cases, just being in front of that audience or being in front of those past clients on a regular basis, just letting them know that you're still here, there's still opportunities, there's still ways we can add value, that's still going to generate that you know, that idea in their mind of, oh yeah, this is the person that I go to for, you know, this solution, right? Um, and give them, make it simple, give them opportunities to interact with you. Um, you can do that through simple call to actions like um, for Money Insights, take the F3 assessment, find mm -hmm. out what your updated, you know, what your updated score is. Maybe it's changed, right? Um, yep. Little things like that that will add value to the client no matter what journey they're in, right? No matter what if they've worked with you prior or they haven't, um, but give them that opportunity to come back and work with you again. Mm. I love it. That is incredible advice from our very own marketing um, firm. Okay, Hillary, before we close up for today, um, Tell me this, how can people get a hold of you? I know that you have like some pretty specific expertise, but we have a, a good size audience and a lot of them are business owners and maybe you're the right fit or maybe you know somebody that is, but sure. how do people connect with you if they want to learn more about TRC um, or just connect with you personally? Yeah, thanks, Christian. I appreciate that. Um, so TRC, our website is trcagency.com. I also run the Marketing Mastermind podcast. So just search for, it's spelled kind of weird, MKTG, Marketing Mastermind. Um, and I'm also on social media. Connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram, Facebook. Just search for Hillary Russell, TRC Agency, and I'll pull up. <laughs> She's super easy to find. And as always, you can reach out to Rod or I, and we are more than happy to send um, Hillary, a ringing endorsement. So Hillary, thank you so much for being on. We've loved having you and uh, keep up the good work. Thank you for listening to the Money Insights Podcast. To learn more about the financial and business strategies discussed in this show, please visit moneyinsights.net. The views and opinions expressed on the Money Insights Podcast are not intended to be individual financial, tax, or legal advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making financial decisions. And if you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This will help others find the show and learn wealth-building strategies for themselves. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.